Amen. I choose joy. How about you? Amen. I choose joy. God bless you guys. Great worship this morning. Hear you guys singing. Um, first service, I walked over to my friend Brent over here. You know, I know people are going, oh, what's wrong? The preacher's talking to Brent, you know, middle of the song service thing, you know. I walked over to Brent. I said, you know what? Sometimes Higgs just hits it out of the park. And he could not pick two, two of the most wonderful songs. Amen. Amen. You know, you know, blessed be your name when the sun is shining and when the rain is pouring and when it's hot and dry or cool and pleasant. Blessed be the name of the Lord and love the fact Jesus saved me. Amen. Isn't that good stuff? See, we could just say, thank y'all for coming. I'll see y'all later. We could go home right there. That's how good it is. Uh, but then, well, we wouldn't want to do that, would we? All right? But anyway, we're so glad that you're here. And let me just tell you, um, I, Judy... I was in on the deal last night when Judy said, hey, we all do this. You know, she came and talked with me. I said, okay. And um, so we did it. And I really want to tell you, you need to try this out. If you haven't done boxes yet, and by the way, I don't know about you guys, but we probably spend about, time you put the $9 in, we probably spend $24 $5 anyway. And you're going to be really impressed with this. Like, I know we gave our little boy a soccer ball and a car, I think. And then, plus, they get toothbrushes and all that stuff. You add that in, and then you get um, toys and you get crayons, and it's just really cool. So anyway, so try to, you know, get with Judy and find out if you haven't done your box yet, and it will go in this year's shipment. It will make it in time for this year's Christmas. So yeah, it's really cool. So I hope that, I hope that you will do that. Well, here we are in week number three of Joy Soars in the Skies of, and this week is Gratitude. Joy Soars in the Skies of Gratitude. And it's going to be, it's a very timely message, I think, um, for these days that we're living in. Now here we are. I, you know, I, did the, I did the math first service. I don't need to do it now. But I counted out eight months, Mags. Eight months we've been doing this. Eight months since we first closed the church and opened it up ten weeks later. And then all the, all the stuff going on uh, about COVID. Eight months we've been doing this. And it's been pretty, no, no, it's been real stressful. It's been, and you know what? Guess what? It's not over yet, okay? But, but one day, one day this too will pass. And uh, we thank God for that. One day it will come about. It's going to be there. But, but we've had eight months of this. And here's the deal. The CDC is saying that, you know, we should scale back, you know, Thanksgiving. Um, if we should have smaller family groups, uh, smaller turkey, you know, smaller everything this year. And, and, that, and that's, that's just where we are. You know, that's where we are. Um, but here's the deal. You know, that doesn't worry me so much. I'm going to tell you what worries me is that, that after eight months, a lot of believers are faith-weary. Are faith-weary. Um, we've done this for eight months, you know, and we're going, you know, I'm just getting tired. And, and honestly and frankly, what concerns me is that the people of God don't feel like having Thanksgiving. The people of God are going, I don't feel, you know, Dwayne, sorry, bud. I just don't feel like thanking God, okay? In fact, probably in some ways, you know, I've lost my, I'm losing my faith in God. I'm losing my hold on to God. So, so it's really hard for me. And it concerns me that, that people in the church are losing that, that spirit of thanksgiving. I love what David said. He said in early church, and he said it in his prayer this time, is that if, if all that God ever did, if there was never any food provided, uh, healing taking place, marriages restored, children restored, if there never was a job that was given, uh, never a place where you could call home, if none of that ever happened and all we had was this, it would be enough. Come on now. It would be enough. 
This cross is a, this cross is a it's a cross of, of gratitude. Um, it, it reminds us that we need to thank God for all that He's done, just like the song just said, for all that He has done. So, so I figure we're pretty excited about the vaccine thing coming out. I guess we are uh, pretty excited about that. It's going to be coming out here, maybe just as early as a month or three weeks or whatever. But I figure we need a vaccine for us spiritually. We need to make sure we get inoculated so that we don't let ingratitude seep into our lives. Now, in our, in our weariness, you know, you know we, um, we, we did some hiking with the family this week down in Tacoa and um, down in Tacoa and Pigeon Forge. And I found out something, that the longer I walk, the more careless I am. You know, all of a sudden I don't see the roots sticking up. All of a sudden I don't see the rock to step over. And I I have a tendency to stumble and fall. Well, when we get weary in our faith, if we're not careful, then then the same thing happens. We we, we become less less aware of our surroundings. And again, it creeps in on us. So today, we want to spend the entire time we have together talking about, talking about gratitude. Because, Because joy soars in the skies of gratitude. Joy soars in the skies of gratitude. So we're going to fly the friendly skies today of gratitude. I, I told you, know, you ever wonder how this all, you know, what I do, what I do, and how I come up with sermons and stuff. Um, but you know, there are three things I try to do every week. You know, first off, I saturate my messages with the Word of God. I, I think God, I think God ought to speak the longest and the loudest. You ever say, well, Dwayne, why do you have so many scriptures? I think God ought to speak the longest and the loudest, okay? So I saturate the message with Scripture. But then also, um, I'm a fan of using quotes from different men who, men and women who are smarter than I am, okay? So, so I think God ought to speak the longest and the loudest, but I also think we ought to hear from men and women um, who have some wisdom to speak into our lives. And then I come along, and I get to put a bow on all of it. Well, Rick Warren... Uh, he's pastor at Salabat Church out in California, and a Southern Baptist, by the way. Um, but Rick Warren um, came up with a quote that's really, really good. It speaks to our hearts. And here's what it says, you know. Um, Rick Warren says, in happy moments, in happy moments, we should praise God. That, that makes sense, doesn't it? In happy moments, we praise the Lord. But then he said, in difficult moments. Now, has anybody had any difficult moments? Has anybody had any difficult moments? Well, he says in difficult moments, we should seek God, not run from Him, which is sometimes a propensity of what we have to do is run from God in difficult moments. He said that we should seek God. And then in the quiet moments, we should worship God. In the stillness of the moment, we should worship God. And then in painful moments, well, you know what? Truth be known, we've had some painful moments. You know, last night, about 2 o'clock, Del Farrell slipped into eternity. You know, COVID-related. You know, he had other health concerns, but COVID-related. So we know about painful moments. So we trust God. We trust God. But then he says this, you know, in every moment, we should thank God. In every moment, we should thank God. And we should. See, gratitude is so important because it's in gratitude that helps us adjust our attitude. Did you get that? Our gratitude, the level of our gratitude affects our attitude. But here's the crazy part. Vice versa, our attitude affects our gratitude. If we have a good attitude, we're more likely to be grateful. We're grateful. Okay, so this is a huge deal. This is a huge deal in what we do. Now, and what I found out about this, you know, Rick Warren spoke some really good words, but guess what? we got to learn those things. 
I, I mean, I wish I'd tell you how spiritual I am and all this stuff. All this stuff just comes natural to me. Oh, no, it doesn't. No, no. This is something through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to learn to, to you know, in the happy times to praise God. Realize that all good things come from Him. We have to do that. You know, we have to learn uh, through the Holy Spirit to seek God, okay, in the difficult times. We have to learn those things. And what better time to learn than right now, than right now in this crazy, hot mess that we call COVID election and racial division. I mean, it's just a crazy, crazy time uh, that we are living. Now, Tim Keller is a pastor, and he said this, and it's very good. You know, it's one thing to be grateful. It's one thing to be grateful. You know, it's a good thing to feel grateful. You should be grateful. Now, I want to go one step further. Actually, he does, and I want to second what he says. It's one thing to be grateful. It's another to give thanks. It's another to give thanks. Because he says, you know, gratitude is what you feel, okay? But thanksgiving is what you do. And see, as Christians, we, we, like, we go the first step, okay? And we the feel, you know, we listen to a message, but then that, or we read the Word of God. But the next step is, is that we only hear the message, we apply the message. We only not only read the Word of God, we apply the Word of God. And we not only feel grateful, we act on that with thanksgiving. Uh, someone once called it, you know, thanksgiving is thanks living. Thanksgiving is thanks living. So in Psalm 100, in Psalm 100 is like five verses. We probably won't get to all of them today. Um, but, but in Psalm 100, it teaches us and inoculates us against ingratitude. So I hope you get your worship uh, app out, okay, in, in new version. Open that dude up. And it's got all the scriptures there and the slides that you're going to need. And like I say, if not, the scriptures will be on the screen today. Now in Psalm 100 verse 1, um, he opens up and says this. Um, make, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Now, now this is like pregnant with meaning, okay? It's just like, it's like full of meaning, okay? First off, there's something very important, and that is, it's the implied you. It's the implied you. So, so implied there, and the way the psalmist, if the psalmist was talking about, you know, he'd look at Brent today and say, hey, Brent, you. Okay, so it brings it home to us. So there's the implied you. So you make a joyful noise. You make a joyful noise. You know, I didn't use this, and I had it though in Luke chapter 19, verse 40. You know, when the Pharisees were saying, tell these people to be quiet. You know, they were praising Jesus. Tell them to be quiet. And here's what Jesus said. He answered, I tell you, if they were to keep silent, the stones would cry out. Now, let me tell you something. I don't want anybody to eat my pecan pie for me. And I don't want anybody to worship for me either. I mean, I, I, want, I want to worship Jesus on my own. I, 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 don't, I don't want just watch David lead us or, or Mama T. Singh or, or the guys over here on the internet. I don't, I don't want to be a, a spectator in worship. I want to be a part. I want to be a part. So, so he tells us, he tells us, you, you make. And here's what's cool. You know, not only is it implied you, it's also a, a plural you. You know, I can look at Brent and say, you. Hey, Brent, you, okay? Or I can look at all you and say, you. Well, actually, being from the South, I would say y'all. So, so, so what, what the psalmist is really saying, he's saying, y'all make a joyful noise. Y'all make a joyful noise uh, to the Lord, all the earth. Make a joyful noise. All of y'all make a joyful noise. Now, now notice that. You know, he says, make a joyful noise. A joyful noise. Now, 
That's our definition. That's where it fits in with the sermon this morning. You know, let me read that to you again. Biblical joy is a deep sense of well-being based on our faith in God and trust in His sovereign will. I really hope by the time we're done in a week that you'll have that in your heart. Biblical joy is a deep sense of well-being based on our faith in God and trust in His sovereign will. Now, now see that word there? Make a, it doesn't just say make noise. A lot of people make noise. He says, make a joyful noise. And a joyful noise is a noise that can only be made by a worshiper who has a deep sense of well-being and based on their faith in God and trust in His sovereign will. If we're going to make a joyful noise, that's how it happens. We had this faith in God. Although this thing is this crazy, hot, hot, you know, COVID, hot, COVID, hot mess. All right? It's crazy. But, but because of our faith in God and trust in His sovereign will, when everybody else is freaking out, we should have peace. When everybody else is freaking out, we should have peace. Now, our, tre- our teaching point says this. It doesn't matter that it sounds like noise. You know the old joke, okay? You know, somebody who can't carry a tune in a bucket will be singing, and somebody will make a comment about it, you know, and say, oh, yeah, boy, yeah. And you'll say, hey, the Bible says make a joyful noise, and it does. And it's valid, and it's true. But here's the deal. It doesn't matter that it sounds like noise, but it does matter what kind of noise it sounds like or, or what kind of noise it is. Not, not all noise is created equal. Especially when it comes to worship. Especially when it comes to worship. You know, I, I thought about Joshua and Moses. Now, let me set you up here for that. You know, Moses and Joshua have gone up on the mountain. And I think they were gone 40 days. I think that's about right. Okay, they were gone 40 days. And the people kind of got, you know, bored. You know, the, you know, the old saying, an idle mind is the devil's workshop. Well, they get kind of bored, okay? And what happens is somehow, somehow they talk Aaron... In you know, Moses' brother into making this golden calf thing, and they fall into this crazy, crazy frenzy of false worship. So, so Moses and, and Josh are coming down the mountain, okay, and, and they hear something. And, and Joshua, in Exodus 32 17, when Joshua heard the noise, see, there's noise. There's noise. When, when he heard the noise of the people as they shouted, see, it's okay. By the way, you know, it's okay to shout in church. Just make sure you land straight. Just make sure you land straight. Okay? A lot of people like to shout in church, go live like the devil. That's the wrong kind of shouting. Okay? Well, amen, preacher. That's right. All right? So when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, here's what he said to Moses. He was a warrior. Okay? He said, there is a noise of war in the camp. So to his ear, whatever was happening down in the camp, it sounded like war. It sounded like war. Now, here's what I want you to take home. I want you to take home that war and sin, the noise of war and sin are very similar. The noise of war and sin are very similar. Let let me read something to you again. They didn't get this in first service. In Romans chapter 7, Paul's speaking. This is a great chapter about the inner war. You know, for in my inner self, Paul says, I delight in God's law. In other words, I want to do what's right. But I see a different law in the parts of my body. Here it is waging war against the law of my mind and taking me prisoner to the law of sin and the parts of my body. So here was, here was the great apostle Paul saying, there's this battle that goes on, okay? On one side of it, some saying sin, 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 and the other side says, no, you love God. 
So there's war going on. So, so the battle is real. The war is real. But the war, the sounds of war and sin can be very, very similar. We need to be careful about that. Well, what happens with Moses? Well, in verse 18, the Bible says, But Moses said, wait, wait, Joshua, I've heard the sounds of victory, and this is not the sound of victory. And Joshua, I've heard the cries of defeat, and neither is this the cry of defeat. He says, Joshua, I hear the sounds of singing. Again, not every, not all singing is equal. Not all singing is equal. There's a singing that glorifies God, and there's the singing of the world and of sin. And what Moses is saying, this isn't, there is a war going on, spiritual war. It says, but what I hear are people in sin. Are people in sin. So, so as we think about our gratitude, okay, as we think about making you make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth, let's make sure we're making the right kind of noise. Let's make sure that when people hear the... Ooh, shoot that thing. When people hear the noise of our lives, the noise of our lives, let's make sure that glorifies God and not glorifying ourselves and not glorifying sin. Amen? Okay. Then, then he says this in verse number two. Then he says, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. But now here's the deal. Don't just serve the Lord. Don't just serve the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Now, it's awful easy when you get into this church gig, okay? You know, the nominating committee comes and, and you say, yes, I'll serve. But in your heart, there's not joy and there's not gladness, okay? What, what, what we're hearing from the psalmist is that we need to serve the Lord, yes, but there needs to be a joyful service, a gladness in our service. Um, Colossians uh, 3.23 says, Whatever you do, whatever you do, heartily do heartily as for the Lord and not for people. Remember, listen, I'm going I'm to try to help you not get burned out. Okay, if you're real active in church, you know the danger of this. Okay, we need to be careful because the psalmist is telling us that we can get burned out if we don't serve in gladness. If we do it out of duty, if we do it out of drudgery, we do it because, listen, why do you come to church? If the only reason you come to church is I've done it all my life, you've got the wrong reason. We, we gather here every week to worship and glorify God. We gather here every week as a witness to the people out there who do not yet know Him. So we have a responsibility that we make sure we serve and worship with gladness in our heart. You know, Judy has a thing she tells me, you know, sometimes I'll do something, you know, like in my ministry, you know, like pastor stuff, you know, and I, I won't do it with a good heart. I'll just be candid with you, okay? You know, I, I won't do it with a good heart. And here's what Jesus says. I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, but I don't do it with a good heart. And so she'll say, Dwayne, don't lose the blessing. Don't lose the blessing. Now look at me, look at me. Serve Jesus, but serve him with gladness. And don't lose the blessing. The, the, the blessing part is the part that encourages you and keeps you going. And in the midst of this crazy COVID mess, mess I'm telling you, don't lose the joy. Serve the Lord out of gladness. Okay? I'll never forget. We were in Germany, and this is one of our funny stories of life. Um, they, they made me a deacon over in Germany at our Baptist church there. And so I was a deacon. And you know, I've always been a rule follower, more or less, you know. Judy would probably deny that, but I am a rule follower. And so anyway, and so the pastor said, hey, Deeks, 
I really think you guys ought to go out on Tuesday night visitation. I think you ought to be here, you know. So you know me, boy, the pastor said it. Boom! You know, I, I, I'm on. So we started coming out on Tuesday nights. And you know, the first couple of Tuesday nights, I, I really think there was more than me and Judy and one other. But eventually, after about three weeks, yeah, it was the preacher. It was me and Judy and one other deacon. Okay, that's all it was. So, so I'm sitting there on Tuesday night, and, and we get our little names. You know, you get the little names, and you go drive and look for people that pretend like they're not home when they see you coming. You know, that kind of situation. Yeah, y'all know about that, don't you? Okay, and so, so here we go. And so I'm sitting there driving, okay, doing the visitation thing, going to tell someone about Jesus. And I'm going, Peter, where's the rest of them deacons at? Why am I the only one out here doing this? Don't, you know, why don't they love Jesus as much as I do? There was no blessing in that. That was plain old carnal, sin, flesh speaking. Amen? Don't get there. Don't lose the blessing. Serve the Lord. With, and remember, oh, 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 you're serving the Lord. You're not serving people. You're serving the Lord. So the teaching point says this. Our serving with gladness is directly connected to our gratitude for all he has done. Thank you, Jesus, for all you have done. Man, when we understand this, and we understand the sacrifice and the pain and the suffering, and also the hope that it gives us, and like Brother David said, the keeping power of all of that, that's directly, we are able to serve with gladness when we understand the sacrifice of the cross. The more grateful we are, the more gladness we serve with. The more grateful we are, so, 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 so when you feel your, when you feel your great, gratefulness meter going down, when you feel your gratefulness tank getting low, just remember what he did. Come on now. Just remember what he did. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for you. For you. Anyone who believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. How about that? Isn't that just crazy? Now, now here's the deal. This is time for me to be real candid, and it's a real warning to us. Because in this COVID mess, we tend to be just a little self-centered. We, we tend to say, it's my way or the highway. Okay? Dangerous, dangerous thing. Dangerous thing. Please remember this. We are not consumers or customers. We are servants of the Most High God. There is a plague, and trust me, if, if it is in Dorisville, how's that for a tactful way of putting it? You know, if it is in Dorisville, it's a plague, an epidemic in churches today where people think it's all about them. You know, they see the church as either a country club where they come and they pay their dues, they get their seat, and the guy sings and the guy preaches, okay? They take care of the kids on Saturday night, Brent, you take them out bowling or something, okay? And, that, and that's how they see church. See, Church is not about being served. Church is about serving. Church is not about being served. You don't come here for someone to wait on you. You come for the privilege of serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We are not consumers or customers. We are servants of the Most High God. It was 1974. And my apologies to the younger folks. I know some of you weren't even thought of in 1974. My apologies. Um, I was out of high school and two years in the Air Force by 1974. But anyway, one of my favorite places to eat then and now, well, no, not so much now, kind of outgrow, but was Burger King. Burger King. So in 1974, 
They came out with this commercial, and it sees a young family. There's a boy and a girl, and a mom and a dad. And they get out of the car, you know, and as they get out of the car, walking into the Burger King, they're singing, have it your way, have it your way, have it your way at Burger King. And then they walk up to the counter, and, you know, he's smiling and saying, we would like two Whoppers and two Whopper Juniors. And, and then he said, oh, 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 and Rebecca, you will love this because of my propensity to change orders when I do. You know, so, so when I order food, the waitress hates me because she literally has to get three pads and two pieces of paper to write down my order. I change everything. I change. So, so he says, excuse me, ma'am, would it be too much trouble? Would the wait be too long if, if we took off the pickles and the lettuces, the lettuces, the lettuce from one of the Whoppers? And she breaks in a song and says... Hold the pickle, hold the lettuce, special orders, don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us serve it your way. Remember that? Does anybody remember that? Yeah! Guess what? That's what happens in church. They walk up and say, hey, if you want us to come to your church, can you hold the pickles and hold the lettuce? Okay? Can can you do church my way? That, listen, that is so unbiblical. It's crazy. Did you ever see Jesus do that? Seems like I remember some story in the Bible about him taking a towel and a basin and washing the stinking disciples' feet, metaphorically and literally. We're not consumers, we're not customers. We don't come to church to be served, we come to church to serve. Serve the Lord with gladness. With gladness. Then in verse 3, the first part, he says, come into his presence with singing. So, so, so not, don't, just, don't just come into his presence. Come into his presence with singing, with worship. With worship. Worship, you know, worship's kind of like, it's almost like the mass deal. Some yes, some no. Worship, there's so many different opinions. You know, do we want the traditional? Do you want modern? Do you want some kind of a blend in between? Okay? Now, here's the deal. We may have preferences in our worship. Okay? You may prefer the older songs. You may prefer the newer songs. You may prefer it louder or softer. We may have preferences in our worship. But we must have only one conviction. One conviction. It's on our church sign. Did you hear read the church sign? It's on the church sign. Jesus first, above anything else, before anything else. Jesus first, Jesus first, Jesus first, before anything else. Before us, Jesus should come first. Now, what does that look like? What does it look like when people worship and it's Jesus first before anything else? Well, it's found in Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Paul and Silas have been falsely arrested, and they're in a stinking Roman prison, okay? Stocks on their feet, rats running across. And here's what we get. About midnight. At the darkest point of life, (laughs) talk about COVID, in the darkest point of their life, they're in the darkest place possible. What are they doing? What are they doing? Well, the Bible says they were praying and singing hymns to God. I'll just be, I don't mind being honest with you. you. You know I try to be honest most of the time. Okay? I'll be, I wouldn't be singing. I'd be whining. Now, I may be able to do like a little rap whine. Oh, I don't want to be here. No, I don't. Why did God forget me? I feel like I'm in a dump. 
Yeah, I might do that. I don't know. But, but I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I wouldn't be singing, I'd be whining. I wouldn't be praying either. I'd be complaining. But these two incredible men of God, because they were so grateful for what he had done, so grateful for this, what are they doing? They're singing and uh, praying and singing hymns to God. And what were the prisoners doing? you remember? The prisoners were listening to them. Now, I need to tell you something. Throughout this COVID mess, throughout this election mess, throughout the racial mess, the prisoners are listening to us. The prisoners are... Wait, wait, who called prisoners? Those out there who have yet to meet Jesus Christ. And their lives are bound up in bondage to sin. And they're listening to God. They're listening to God's people complain and whine. They need to hear how great is our God. They need to hear how faithful is our God. They don't need to be hearing whining. They need to hear worship. From, amen. From God's people. From God's people. Now, the prisoners, y'all forget something. One, they're not deaf. They can hear. But guess what? They can read. And they're reading all that stinking trash people put on Facebook. And they're saying, this man's, this woman claims to be a, a believer in Jesus Christ and they're writing this stuff? What? I'm telling you folks, listen to me. The world needs to hear Jesus out of God's people. Come on now. Don't get quiet on me. The, the world needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ from God's people. So let's worship. Let's sing. Let's praise Him. You know, Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell, dwell richly. Let the word, word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom. Watch this. Teaching and admonishing. Teaching and encouraging. Teaching and encouraging one another through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. See, our worship should be a blessing to God and a blessing to each other. It was really, to be honest with you, it was so cool. I, I, I was listening. See, last week, by the way, I can tell you, I was in church last week here, online. It was cool. Y'all did a good job. Brent did a great job. Dave did a great job. Worship team. But it wasn't like being here. I'm so glad to be back with y'all. It's so good to be in, you know, just the electricity. But as I'm sitting there singing, I'm hearing you sing. And it was a blessing. Is a blessing. So our worship should be a blessing to God, but also a blessing to each other. Each other. All right? So, so in order to do that, okay, you, you, how many of y'all remember Gene Kelly? Oh, there's a few. Yeah. Okay. Well, you remember 1952? Yeah. I wasn't born then. <laughs> if you were, I'm sorry. <laughs> that means I'm younger than you are. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah. So 1952, Gene Kelly, and a play came out called Singing in the Rain. I'm singing in the rain, singing in the rain. That's all I remember from the song. And he has little black slippers on, dancing, singing in the rain. Well, here's the deal. See, Gene was right in more ways than he knew. Of all the people who should sing in the rain, it's God's people. Of all the people who should sing in the rain, it's God's people. It's God's people. Um, I can't give credit to this because it was not credited on the Internet, but to dance or sing in the rain 
you must first learn to praise him in the storm. Yeah, to dance or sing in the rain, you must first learn to praise him in the storm. And that's why David was, man, that song he picked, the first one, Blessed Be Your Name, is just, I don't know if you took time to read the words or not, but they're just incredible. And, and it's teaching us that we need to praise him in the storm. Praise him in the storm. Well, verse 3, the second part, know that the Lord, he is God. Now again, know. No, no, know that, know that. And don't just know, but know it personally, know it personally. Um, know that the Lord, he is God. He is God. You know, Psalm 4610, I know it's a favorite scripture of all three pastors, okay? You know, stop fighting. God says this, stop fighting. But he's really not talking about punching each other. He's talking about fighting against anxiety and worries and all those things. Stop fighting, stop, stop struggling. Stop striving. Stop worrying. Stop being anxious, he says. And the reason why, look, look. Stop all that and know something. What, what are we supposed to know? He's God. He, hey, I write this five days a week. Some of y'all read this stuff, okay? Five days a week I write a story. And I always end it with, he's got this. Do you know why I end every story with, he's got this? I'll tell you, he's got this. Come on, he's got this. He's got this thing. Don't you get discouraged. Don't you get worried. Don't you think our best, day, our best days are in the past. Let me tell you something. He's got this. As long as God is God, our best days are before us. Before us. He's got this. Stop fighting. Know that I am God. I will, he says. I will be exalted among the nations and exalted on the earth. So our teaching point says stop striving. Stop striving. Stop fighting. And listen to the whisperer. Whisper. Listen to the whisperer as he whispers. Do you remember Elijah? On the run, Jezebel chasing him, all her armies. He runs and runs and runs until he can't run any further. He's gone as far as he can go. Gets in a cave. You know, God sends the wind and the fire and the earthquake. And then it gets quiet. And the Bible, I think King James says, in a still, small we would say it, Charlie, in a whisper. In a whisper. And you know what? He, he doesn't whisper an answer. He whispers a question. See, see, see we, we wait for the whisper of God, assuming, shoot that thing, that he's going to answer all our questions. Have you lived long enough to know that God doesn't answer all your questions? That's okay. You know why it's okay? Because he's God. He's God. In Elijah's case, you know what he said? Why are you here? Why are you here? And, and God may say to us as we let the whisperer whisper in these storms, you know, do you trust me? Do, Mom, do you believe me? Are you willing to put it all in my hands? I wants us to. I wish I could tell you how frustrating all this mess is for us preachers. And it's so hard because I want to take things in my hand. I want to fix everything and I can't fix nothing. Oh, I wish I could hear the whisper or whisper. And it's my fault. Dwayne, trust me. I've got this. I've got this. I'm not going to give you an answer. I'm going to call you to faith. And trust him in me because I've got this.
this. You know, Billy Graham said, you know, that most of us know about God, but it's an entirely different thing to know God. And I would hope, and I would hope that through all this, that we know God better when it's done. That we know God better, better, closer, more intimately when it's done. You know, Paul said, Paul, the great apostle Paul in Philippians 3.10 says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know him more intimately than I've ever known him before. And sometimes God sends crazy things like, like this to help us learn to lean on him and to trust him. Let me close with this. In Revelation 3.20, it's a great verse. You know, we often use it for evangelism, but the context is Jesus is talking to the church, the church of Laodicea, in the book of Revelation. Now listen. Behold, he says, I stand at the door and knock. Can you just hear him? Now, it's not a lost man he's knocking on. It's you. It's me. It's the church. Behold, I stand through and knock. And if anyone hears my voice, if you're willing to hear my voice and open that door, he goes, I will come in and I will eat with you and you with me. I will will have fellowship with you. So can you imagine with me just for a moment? Here we are in this crazy days, and they are crazy, and we're inside, and we're huddled behind this door, and we're quaking. We're fearful. We're afraid. We don't know what the future holds, and we don't, and we don't. And then comes this. And you know what? It's our call. Who's there? It's Jesus. It's our call if we open a door and invite him in to fellowship with us, to eat with us. You know, have you ever had those times when you sit at the supper table and you kind of talk about life? That's what Jesus wants to do with you. He wants to sit down with you at the kitchen table, Brent, and just talk. And in the process of talking, you're going to be grateful. And you're going to trust him. And you're going to love him more. So here's the deal. If you're here today and you never heard much about this, about this old Roman cross. One like this, of course. This wasn't it. But an old cross. And imagine that God loved you so much, he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross like this. What murdered, what martyred. He willingly went there and he bled and died. Because the Bible says that the payment for sin is death. In order for forgiveness to occur, someone had to die for my sin and for your sin. And Jesus did that voluntarily. He died. And then he says this incredible thing, that if we're willing to believe in him, put our faith and trust in him, and turn from our sin and follow him, then he'll forgive our sins. No matter how long your list is or how short you may think it might be, he'll forgive you. And my friend Brent's going to be standing down front in just a moment. And I'd love, he would love to share with you about Jesus Christ. It's, it's not about church. It's about him. It's always about him. Everything's about him. Everything is. But church, church, be encouraged. Let your gratitude soar. Because when gratitude soars, joy soars. Joy soars. And all based on, rest on, that incredible faith and trust in God. That deep sense of well-being that comes from our faith in God and trust in His sovereign.
Would you bow your heads and let's pray together? God, I am so very grateful and privileged to stand before these folks today and share, and I hope it encouraged us. Lord, we, uh, we are living in, in times that are unprecedented in our lifetime anyway. Um, but Father, I want to pray, Lord, that we will trust you, that we will trust you. Help us to be able to sing, blessed be your name, no matter if it's difficult or easy. Help us trust you. And thank you, Jesus, for forgiving our sins, that we have eternal life. There's someone here today who needs Jesus. Holy Spirit, only you can draw them. I pray you do that. Bring them right down that aisle to talk to Brent. Father, I pray for that. And Lord, for all of us. If we slipped into consumerism, being customers instead of servants of Christ, Father, convict our hearts of that today. Help us to remember and understand it's all about you. And Jesus, I pray this in your precious name. Amen.